Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast, and we have another win. Rotherham played, so obviously we won. Um, <laughs> look at from Plymouth Argyle yesterday, and as seems to be the case in February March time, we've got another game on Tuesday to talk about. So we're going to cover all that uh, to start with. It's just me and Danny. Thank you, thanks for being here, Danny. Otherwise, it's no, worries. <laughs> no worries. No um, worries. It was a little bit of a rush to get here on time because. To say that I'm knackered after yesterday is a little bit of an understatement. Um, but we're here. Uh, we're just double-teaming it for the time being. But it'll be right, won't it, mate? Exactly. Mick promises he will be joining us from a car park in, somewhere in Wales. So that's exciting for us all to find out which car park it's going to be and when it's going to be. Um, as a bit of drama to, to proceedings tonight, I suppose. Um <laughs> So let's just go through some stats before we talk about the game. Uh, Michael Smith scored yesterday, got his 58th goal for the club, which puts him level with Adam Lafondra. One away from being the club's top scorer in all competitions of the 21st century. We have won seven out of the last eight games, unbeaten in the last ten. This one, this next stat is from Righty on Twitter, that we've only been behind on uh, behind this season for 179 minutes in total. Away from home, only 15 minutes. Yeah, that's um, too. I think I saw Paul Davis tweet out yesterday, uh, yesterday that it was Joe Mattock's 200th appearance for the Millers mm. as well yesterday. Um, it's just getting silly now, Danny. Every stat I look at is like just tells me Rodham United are amazing. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that stat about being a, only behind for 179 minutes, I read that out on the bus on the way home, and everyone looked at me and went, Really? But how, how, how have we managed that? And yeah. it's just testament to how good this team is this season. I mean, Let's not beat around the bush. The win against Plymouth was touch and go at times. There were at least four times where they could have scored and they bottled it. And yeah. Vickers, he's got hands safer than houses. Like, anyway, yeah, that's, that's incredible. And I still can't wrap my head around how I've only conceded five goals away from home no. in 17 away matches. Like, how have we managed that? In what? Who was pushed a button and gone? Yes, Rotherham United will be absolutely exceptional away from home this season. I mean, I know we've been good away from home for the past couple seasons because mm. uh, it was our away form last time in League One that sort of propped us up a little bit. Yeah. But this season, we've just been a different class. I mean, just wow. That's all you can say, isn't it? Just wow. Yeah, it is. It's just brilliant. Um, let's go through some comments we've got with you. Scott Grund is with us. YouTube user, user, words aren't working tonight. That's a good, good start. <laughs> um, Baza, Paul Brook, Steve Grundy, Philip Rowlandson uh, says, good evening to fellow top of the league. <laughs> good evening. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Davis hopes Mick's get a parking ticket from the, uh, it's normally a co-op car park for anybody that's interested that Mick goes to. Um, we'll find out whenever he turns up. Um, let's go back to the sort of pre-game yesterday, Danny. We talked midweek last week about maybe we might rest Woody against Morecambe. He didn't. So that means he rested him against Plymouth. And uh, other than Chio, Chio came in for 2-2 as well. Um, mm. Sensible changes and, and changes that make sense. 
Yeah, I, I think he's resting Woody uh, so he can score against Shrewsbury on Tuesday, to be <laughs> fair. So. Yeah, but yeah, I think um, because of the weight of the fixtures we've got coming up, I mean, we've just done Saturday, then it's Tuesday, then it's Saturday, then it's Wednesday, then it's yeah. Saturday again. I think Woody does need a rest at some point. And I think in a game against Shrewsbury, uh, which is Woody's forte, shall we say, um, it was right to rest him, but on the day, because of how much we sort of got caught out through uh, Plymouth long ball, and it wasn't, really, it wasn't like an over-the-top long ball, it just sort of went mm. around the defenders, weirdly. Yeah. Um, that sort of caught us out, and you could tell we were missing a little bit of Woody's organisation there. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think sensible decision to rest him, and through Plymouth's pressure, I think it was right to keep him on the bench as well and bring Angus on. Yeah. It, was, it, it was definitely a bit more left-sided towards the end of the game. So bring Angus on in a bit of a a calmer, um, more experienced head in replace of Matic, who was pro- probably gasping by the end of it as well. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, right decision, I think. But yeah, Woody, I think he needs to score now against Shrewsbury. Get his head on it. That's uh, 80th odd minute. Do me. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> And it also makes sense because because we, we, he he's missed that game, he can now play against Shrewsbury, he can almost certainly play against McDonald's, and then it's Papa John's, mm. which he wouldn't have played in anyway. So I think it's quite clever to miss that one rather than uh, the other ones. And knowing, yeah. knowing Plymouth aren't exactly a direct team, again, it makes sense. Uh, you know, Morecambe had Stockton and others, which were very physical, which Woody helped us with. Um, yeah, Cal um, Briggs. Let's talk about Josh Vickers before we talk about Smithy in more detail. Cal Briggs, Vickers making thirteen saves in two games. Um, we talk about a lot. We've talked about last last few weeks, Danny, but he is just a fantastic goalkeeper. Some of them saves were brilliant. Yeah, they were. <coughs> Excuse me, my voice still hasn't recovered yet. Um, but yeah, the last two last couple of games, Vickers has kept us in those games. I mean, made some really good saves against Morecambe and the same against Plymouth and. I think on one or two occasions, his positioning and his overall saves themselves kept the score in our favour, especially the one with, uh, oh, who wore it now? Um, I think it was Hardy. Like He, he was having a, a stinker of an afternoon in terms of missing chances, but that one chance where he broke down uh, their left-hand side, and it, everyone in the stands like, 1-1, has to be, has to be, and then Vickers gets his hand to it, and it's like, oh. honestly, I kid you not, I had to sit with my head between my knees, because I, I could not fathom how we were still 1-0 ahead. Yeah. And at the end of the game, it's like, how have we won? Plymouth should have at least scored two, but Vickers kept us in it. He really did. Mm. Yeah, no, he did. It was brilliant. Um, bit of luck, but the same goes. Respect to be lucky than good. And we're both, yeah. so that helps. Um, <laughs> Alex Wesley's mentions that basically that's how Fleetwood caught us out around the side but when they beat us at 4-2. At New York Stadium, on the sea. that's a good point. That playing that way mm. does cause us problems. If you can move our defenders out of their centre positions, it does cause us real problems. Um, but we'll see about that. How, how that would affect us in future games. Harry Astro, three word, three words. Vickers is amazeballs. balls. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, Donald's with us. Hello, Donald. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Race medley. Evening, lads. Another smash and grab up the Millers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it, but it's good to win these games, I mean, and that's, that sounds a really stupid thing because every game's good to win. But we, we, under the cosh might not be right, but at times we struggled. We struggled to get all the ball. Plymouth are, are clearly a very decent team, but we ground it out. We stuck in there by one by one way or another. We did it, and you look back on these games at the end of the season, and think, well, that's why we're, that's why we that's why we're up. Yeah, I de- Plymouth definitely put the squeeze on us for sure uh, because in the first half we. So, sort of took the game to them a little bit to begin with. Mm. Um, I think I'll comment on Freddie a little bit later on, but uh, we put the pressure on straight away. And if he scores his first shot at goal, different game, I mm. think. Um, but yeah, Plymouth put the squeeze on us. And again, they were very unlucky or lucky in our regard not to score. Because I mean, 14,000 of their fans thought they were 1 0 up when that, <laughs> when that ball hit the post. And I think all yeah, our fans thought they were 1 0 down. It's like, again, how, how have they missed? Um, but yeah, like you say, that was our luck shining through. Um, then they just kept the squeeze on us, and then in the second half, they tried to do the same. And like you say, we ground it out, we got the goal, um, and we saw it out, which is something that promotion winning side do. But what mm-hmm. I will say is, if we come up uh, up against a team who play that way in the championship, we will get caught out yeah. because in the championship, it's a lot better finishing wise and taking the chances. So I think we get caught out there in the championship, but. In League One, 
Um, and yeah, some I think the green was our lucky colour, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. as well as that red shirt away, because I don't think we've lost in that shirt yet. Fingers crossed, touch wood, no. all that jazz. I think um, I actually that we haven't conceded in that in that kit away. I think I think I saw. Can we just wear red all the, uh, away all the time then? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we have Mick joining us from a car park in Wales. Are you there, Michael? Uh, yeah, I'm here, mate. Yeah. Sorry Excellent. about this. Not a problem. Uh, just for anybody that's interested, which car park are you in? Uh, still co-op Benchwick. Okay. If you're interested. Cool. Yeah, someone's okay. going to go knocking his window going. Oh, <laughs> we'll do it like Anthony. Yeah, if anybody's yeah, in yeah. the area, go find him. Won't win a prize. But, uh... <coughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You'll get a prize. Yeah, we can put people on the podcast. There you go. There's your prize. <laughs> um, YouTube YouTube user Rubber the Green for a change. Yeah, we've certainly got yeah. that. That, that. That that bounced off the post yesterday, Danny. Remind me of the Morecambe game. In the second half, where it bounced back straight in the vicar's hands, it was a very similar look mm. in that sense, which is, well, like I said, finally good to have a look on our side. Yep. Uh, let's talk about the goal. Josh Smith, a class, ball goal, class play from Wilder for the goal, which a lot of fans haven't mentioned. That's why he stays on the pitch every week, because he can change the game in a second. was unreal again yesterday. Yeah, mate, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Michael Smith in a minute, because he's scoring loads of goals, but... The goal was made by Ben Wiles, weren't it? It was such a great run. Yeah, it was, absolutely. And and we know what Ben Wiles can do, don't we? You know, we've said it for, well, as long as we've been doing this podcast, we've been massive fans of Ben Wiles. And uh, yesterday just is just another example as to, as to why why we are, you know? It's a great run and, and, and a fantastic fantastic vision to pick out Smithy mm. as well. That sort of reverse pass, it were, uh, yeah, outstanding Outstanding. Can't say enough good things about Ben Wiles. I know he's had a drop-off in form, but, you know, he's, he's, he's back up there now, isn't he? Back up and singing when it really matters. Yeah. And it weren't really a day where the midfield shone, Danny. I know Barmas came off for a Dauphin. I'll talk about a Dauphin in a minute. But Wiles, it was the shining light of, the, of our midfield three yesterday, weren't it? Well, I thought it was, not it? Um, I think it was a shining light in creating the goal in his own personal performance but in in terms of the usual job that he does i think plymouth actually stopped him doing that but he sort of had to adjust the way he played which mm. still made him a shining light i think in terms of the one who ran the midfield was probably ollie rathburn mm. but again not through his usual means through the means of just going after their players and putting in hard challenges and just keeping plymouth a bit more spread out because that's what Plymouth did. They stopped us playing the channels and they forced the wingers inside, which then disrupted the midfield. So they yeah. sort of had to adjust. And it wasn't until the second half that we found that little adjustment, which got us the goal. Um, and then Plymouth just tried to throw the kitchen sink at us after that because they wanted, yeah. they wanted at least a point from it. Yeah. Um, but in the first half, I think Plymouth really kept our midfield quiet. They disrupted it really well. Mm. It wasn't until the second half where they went, right, we're not going to play our usual way, just try and just create something through the middle um, instead of playing the channels. And that, I think that's why Barlas had to go off because we weren't yeah. getting that outlet to the channels. Um, but, yeah, I think it was individual quality and not uh, tactics quality that shone through. I think that's the best way mm. to put it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Michael Smith, as we mentioned, it was a lovely finish, Mick. Probably, uh, we've talked about this a lot. It's probably one Smithy would have missed two years ago because it wasn't an easy finish, but it, it was it was a very good finish. As you mentioned, it's 58th goal for the club in all competitions, 22nd of the season in the league. Um, I, it's just great, Mick. I mean, I, I, I didn't, it maybe didn't have the, the impact he may have wanted in the rest of the game. It didn't play badly, but it maybe didn't have the impact. But it's just popping up with goals and it's just... The, the, he is invaluable to our, our team. Uh, yeah, he is. He is because he's scoring the goals and because of his hold-up play and, and everything else that he does. You know, um, I don't know how many times he's won us a game this season, but you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yesterday oh. was exactly exactly that uh, the same situation, weren't it? You know what I mean? Mm. He's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a player, and it's a hell of a story as well. You know. You know, once once his, his time at, at Rotherham United is done, it will be great to be able to sit down with him and just sort of listen to his story, this story of, of where he's come from and, uh, and and to where he's got now and how he's done it, because it's just, the transformation is just remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Um, and if, 
you know, if, if Paul Warren and his team are ever going to be remembered, are going to be remembered for just one thing, <clears throat> then I think the development of Michael Smith is probably right up there. Um, yeah. Obviously, getting promoted as champions with over 100 points might be another, but that's that's you know. <laughs> I think yeah, that's okay. uh, that's one for, for Sam Todd's list. Get Smithy on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Because it, it's just it's just a, it's a fairy tale story, really. You know, from mm. a footballing point of view, uh, to be sort of completely just lost. You know, down and out, sitting on bench at a bottom of a league club, and not even getting a sniff. To now being, you know, a, an absolute prized asset and. It's going to be sought after when he when his contract's up. Mm. No, he is. Yeah, uh, yeah. We we anything you want to add to him? We we've said so much stuff about Michael Smith. And I absolutely love everything about him. Um, anything you want to add because he's I, I just love him. Um, one thing I want to add is that if he scores a goal that either wins us promotion or wins us the league, I want him in the away end with us. I want him to jump into the away end with all the fans because he would get absolutely... It'd be like um, what happened to Ronnie Moore in the game against Plymouth, funny enough, that won us mm. the 1980-81 league trophy, um, league title. Can't get the words out, I'm still knackered. Um, but yeah, Ronnie Moore ended up losing his shirt and his sock, weirdly, in that game. <laughs> so Yeah, just just one sock. Just, you see him walking... It was on that um, the big game thing that they mm. used to do. And you see him walking back to the dressing room, there's no shirt and there's one sock. It's like, well, how's that happened then? Um, but yeah, if Smith seals either the, either promotion or the title, um, whichever's the better goal, to be fair, um, I want him in the away end with us celebrating. That'll be absolutely <laughs> unreal. Might get, uh, he might, might get fined for it, but... Well, that's acceptable. If anybody's listening knows what happened to Ronnie Moore's sock, I would love to know. If somebody's just ended up with just one footballer's sock, that would be a great story. If anybody mm. has it or anybody knows what happened to it, let us know. That's I reckon someone's got it framed on the wall. Yeah. Just, a, a, just one lone, really stretched out sock and then a picture of Ronnie Moore on it. I'm sure this is about seven sizes too big for him now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think if Michael Smith it's has funny an you should mention this, Matt. Go on. It's funny you should mention it. I've got a sock in my drawer that I have no idea where it came from. <laughs> is it red? <laughs> Maybe that's it. Could be. We could have tracked it down already. <laughs> um, if Michael Smith has an Allen League type moment or a Frecklington type moment, he's not far off getting his own statue, I think, to be fair. Mm. Um, let's hope. Uh, I, I don't think it'll be as dramatic as Frecklington or Allen League because I think if it goes down to the last day of the season, I think we've had a bit of a collapse. Um, but still, still it'll be amazing. Um, Nicholas Skidmore, he's definitely getting that shirt. He wants it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. And he's not far off now. I think Paul Davis say he needs to get a goal every other game or something like that um, um, to get, to get yeah, a target. Roughly. I think uh, he's getting a... <clears throat> I think he needs to average a goal every like 1.9 games mm. or something. Uh, so, if he man- like I say, if he manages a goal every other game, he should just hit 25. And if he gets it, last game, if he gets it, after the last yeah. game of the season, Rich Mark has to come out and present it to him. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the one we want to see. We, nobody wants to see Trophy Lift. We want to see Richie Barker hand over the shirt. Um, Sam Tucks, Freddie deserves some credit as well. We were all quick to knock him with his transfer request. He's been a good professional, played well. Uh, all well done to warn it for showing faith. And that's where I'm going to... We've got two parts to this for me, Mick. There is the Freddie part and the, and the Paul Warren part. Let's start, for me, let's start with the Paul Warren part. I think Paul Warren has done as good a job as anybody could have expected him to do with a player who put in a transfer request. I think taking him out of the situation straight away was the right decision for the player as well as as well as the club. And I think trying to gradually bring him back in was the right idea. It didn't work. It didn't work in the Cheltenham game, for example. And then he's brought him back in on Sheffield Wednesday and it's worked a treat. Now, this all might be luck. I might, I might be giving Warney credit that he might not deserve, but I don't believe that. Uh, for me, Warney's played an absolute blinder with, with how he's managed Freddie. Yeah, absolutely. As without a doubt, and and then Freddie's got his part to play as well in this, hasn't he? And we mm. we discussed this at the time when he put in the when he put in the transfer request. None of us really know the background to that, why it happened, and and why he wants to leave and everything else. Um, but but yeah, you're right. Warney has done the right thing. You know, he has kept him out of the limelight for a while, and then he's brought him back in, and and he's, he's 
come back in firing on all cylinders, whether that's to try and uh, manipulate a move come the summer, whatever, whatever that is. Um, he's showing what he's showing the ability we all know he's got. You know, I don't think anybody, certainly not on this podcast at any stage, have we ever really questioned his ability. It's always been the work rate, and the the, the 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 kind of the psychological side of it more than anything else, um, and and how he approaches the game. And and I guess from a manager's point of view, if you've got Paul Warren managing you, you know the psychological side is going to be just as important to him. Mm. Um, and and he clearly knows how to deal with that, and he's he's it's worked wonders so far with Freddie. Um, mm. Hopefully, hopefully now he will kick on till the end of the season and continue. Playing the way he has with the, with the same sort of intensity, um, just worry, don't you? And I, I know it's you just worry that it is going to drop off that intensity because mm. it always has done, um, or it always has done in the past. But maybe things have changed, you know. Maybe he has seen the light and thinking, and he, and he realizes that there's probably not many better places to play football at the moment, um, and not not many better regimes to play under. Yeah. Um, Philip Rawlinson with a very brilliant question. Can you imagine how Steve Evans would have handled the Lodapo situation? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can imagine. I can definitely imagine that. Um, I, mean, I, I spoke to Radio Shuffle before game, Danny, and I, it, it, he asked me about what I think about Freddie, blah, blah, blah. And I, th- I said that if he gets us promoted, we can all leave happy. If he wants to leave in summer, we can check hands. Job well done. And let's all move on in the best interest of everybody else. And this is what was frustrating about transfer request. But what is really, 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 really pleasing to see now is that's what he seems to be doing: getting on, get promoted, and then off we go. Yeah, I, I think um, he's shown that he is committed to this side and winning his mm. promotion. Whether or not that helps him get a, a move away in the summer, we'll have to wait and see. But like you say, with how Warren's handled it, um, Freddie had that period of effectively being on the naughty step. Um, whether or not that's actually the case, whether it was some time that Freddie needed to recompose himself, I don't know. Mm. But I think the way he's come into the side and effectively hit the ground running again, it's um, shown that his head's in the right place to put a shift in and try and help us out wherever he can. Mm. Um, but I think in the Plymouth game, he probably tried a little bit too hard to score at yeah. times. You could tell he really, really wanted to score, but... Sometimes he couldn't sort his feet out, or you know he just he just angles his foot wrong, or doesn't get enough power on it. But he really wanted to score. Um, and like I said before, Mick found the car park in Wales. Um, if he scores the goal, it, it, which was effectively the first chance of the game, it's a completely different game again. Um, yeah. But that one chance he had at the end of the game, where I don't know, I think I think he toe pokes it or something, and it's like, oh, if you score that, that's the game done, and that's my blood pressure a lot lower than it should have been. Um, but yeah. anyway, yeah, um, tip top. Fred has put himself back on the market, playing well. Yeah, and if that's the case, I'm happy with it. If, if he gets us up, they're all free to leave for, for the right to money, right situation. Um, I'm sure most people would would see that. Will Robux says he bumped into Smithy in the in the hotel and said it took them seven hours to get down there because the coach broke down. Really? Um, thankfully, that didn't affect the performance. Um, yeah. Um, so that's the strikers ticked off. Let's talk about the midfield three. Well, midfield change. Let's heap more prayers on Paul Warren. Um, the change in midfield, which was Dan Barlasa came off, Hakima Dauphin came on with about half an hour left, maybe a bit less than that. And it was the right move, Danny. And it was really good. I was, we've been calling for a Dauphin for ages, but we can't get it squad. That's the Dauphin I think we've got. And I thought it, it wasn't amazing and all singing or dancing, but he did really, really well at what he was asked to do. Yeah, like I say, I think we brought Barlasser off because we could, Plymouth didn't let us play the channels as well as we have been doing for this season. Um, and they forced the wingers to go inside rather than outside. So that's why Barlas's distribution wasn't quite as good because the, the wingers weren't pushing the white lines. Um, and, I, and I think as well, his set pieces were a little bit off. I think it was a little bit of an off day set piece-wise. You know, he tended, cool, to, he tended to do basic cut of free kicks and hmm. corners that weren't really beating the first man. But I think to take him off and bring a Dauphin on it added a little bit of a, um, a more of a defensive buffer in front of the back three, because the Dauphin is more of a, a CDM than Barlasser is, because like Warner says, Barlasser's our quarterback. So it's like he plays in a CDM position, but he's not a CDM, he's a distributor. Whereas the Dauphin is your 
part and parcel CDM and he can even double up as a centre-back at times when you need him to. Mm. Um, it definitely showed that his distribution isn't on par with Barlas's because there was one uh, ball that he sent out to um, to uh, Ossie Tutu on, on on the wing and it was like, if that's Barlas, he, he makes that pass, but he's yeah. just overcooked it a little bit. Um, but no, I thought I was, one of them with a the, with a dolphin. It was like he won't. It wasn't exactly exceptional, but he was just steady. You know, mm. he, he did his job, yeah. but didn't do anything exceptional. However, if he wraps his foot round that ball a little bit better, that is one of the goals of the season. He just yeah. needs just to kill it a little bit more. But yeah, again, another, another chance to put the game to bed. Not quite, um, but got got the rub of the green like that comment said earlier. Yeah, the thing is, we a dolphin Mick is, and this is a lot of difference with Danny's says They are very, very, very different players. But when you have a dolphin in that position, it gives you that presence. And I, 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 there might not be much height difference to be honest with you. It might not be strength different, but he just has that aura about him that I'm in charge here. Whereas Barlas is more get the ball down, move it forward, and things like that. And that's why I thought it was a really clever change because it just gives it a little bit of presence in that midfield three. Yeah, without a doubt. He's, he's, he is. I don't know. It's difficult to put your finger on it, isn't it? They are very different players, as you as you say, but he's just, he has got that presence. And, and, and you've said it, you've said it right there, um, that, that, that Dan Barlasser doesn't necessarily have, you know. Uh, he's just a big lad and he's quick. Um, and, and you know what? If, if he gets a regular running squad... If he were to play for two seasons permanently, he would get goal of the season both seasons, no question about it. it because you know that he is going to, he's going to bag an absolute screamer at some yeah. stage. You just know he is. Um, so he's, he's, he's a little bit of a... <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm looking back to Shemi Ajayi and thinking, you know, he, mm. he's, he's got a lot of Ajayi's qualities um, in the sense that he's big and strong in tackle and everything else, but he is also... He can also play those sort of uh, those, that delicate touch as well. I don't know. I, I like him. I like him a lot, uh, mm. and I, I feel a little bit sorry for him not getting in the squad. <laughs> but you know, we've got the best midfield in this division, haven't we? You know, there's no question about no. that. Because um, you ask, and anybody that questions that. it is wrong. <laughs> You'll go on to that. Uh, <laughs> I thought I'd just tee it up for it, Matt. <laughs> well, we'll definitely come to that in a minute. Mickey um, teased. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jan Vibby, it concerns me a little bit that our change from Barcelona, Barcelona to 1-0 to the Arsenal uh, coincides with Barlas's dropping form inability to get him into the space. Yeah, I think Barlas is very, very important to the way they play. I wouldn't necessarily say dropping form to Barlas. I would say it's teams have clocked on a little bit, Danny, that if you cut if you cut the supply from Barlas, you cut the supply to Ogbeni, to Smith, to everybody else. So that. Teams have said of just sort of trying to stop a Benny, just trying to cut off at source and go a bit wiser to it, maybe. Um, yeah, possibly, and that might be why one is teased a little bit of a change for Shrewsbury mm. on Tuesday, um, because like we've said, Barlaster, uh, Bar- yeah, Barlaster did say it right. I'm just trying to remember <laughs> my words. Um, is the distributor, but we also have means of knocking the ball around in midfield and getting it out to the channels more. Through through more passing and less through one pass. Mm. You know, I think if if we were to have um, Lindsay in, maybe, um, or even a Dolphin still in the holding midfield position, we could still find a way through like we did with Wiles going uh, going forward to Smith. Um, but it would just take more passing, and we need the more close range passes to be in it to get it through that way. But maybe teams are catching on to it a little bit. Um, and then, and yeah, I think that might be why one is going to shuffle the pack a little bit because I think now yeah. it probably needs it. We need to say to teams, yeah. look, you might think we play this way, but we can also play this way, and then it's another upset of the apple cart. Yeah, and you don't even have to drop Barlas to do that. You could play Barlas slightly further forward if you wanted mm. to. It, it can, it could still very much do that role. A uh, quick word on Aussie two two, Danny. I thought when he came on again, he was a bit like Joffin. It wasn't amazing, but that was. Of the three games he's played, that was his best performance. Was he looked like a, it looked like there really was something there for me you know, when it, with that period he was on? Yeah, I think he's done well to play out of position as well because he's um, a right-sided player. Uh, and I don't know if the vlog caught it or not, but someone says which which foot does he actually use? You know, <laughs> like it, it, we've we've signed him as a right-sided player, but now he's playing on the left and he's still really good. Mm. Um, and there's that one chance where he completely terrorizes there. 
uh, their right yeah. back and cuts inside, and it's like, please score it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, this seems to be a case of one playing a blind, of trying to gradually bring him in, giving, giving him an hour, giving him 20 minutes. Um, it's, we've seen a gradual improvement in all three games so far, so hopefully that curve improves, keeps improving, um, and we can uh, see the best of him. Uh, let's talk about where it leaves us now. Cheryl Stone thinks we'll be promoted by the Ipswich game, which I think is Good Friday. That second, uh, that'll be the fifteenth. Good Friday the fifteenth, uh, which is only four games from the end. Um, it might be, it might be sooner than that. Um, we are we sit nine points clear of MK Dons and now nine points clear of Wigan. Um, although Wigan still have two games in hand, we have one game in hand to MK Dons. We play MK Dons on Saturday. Um, if we can win on Tuesday, Mick, that puts us 12 points clear, having played the same amount of games and then playing MK Dons on Saturday. And and look at the league table, it's between us, Wigan and MK Dons. There's nobody else pushing their way into the top three picture. So, and I know mathematically this is not the case, but promotion could be essentially sealed by five o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, no question. There's, there's no question about that, mate. You know, because... It, yeah. Assuming, assuming we win at Shrewsbury, and that is an assumption, you you, you don't know clearly. It, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a tough game, as they all are. Um, it, just, it puts you fifteen points clear of third place. You know, if we beat with ten, point, with ten games left for them, with ten games left, I mean, it's just it, it, it's yeah, it's not mathematically safe. We're not we're not mathematically safe, but you know, I'm I'm putting champagne on ice, absolutely, hundred um, percent. If if mm. uh, if we get six points out of the next two games. For me, that is all, all bar done and done, as, done and dusted as a supporter. Um, hopefully, well, I'm, I, there's no hopefully about it. The players won't look at it that way. Warnie won't allow them to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's key. These, these next two get well, they're all key, aren't they? You know. Um, but despite everything that's been said about the last sort of five or six games, the game a week on Saturday, the game next Saturday is the biggest game of the season. No question about it, um, and I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised if after that there's a game that's as big uh, for the rest of the season, a, a game as it's important. So, mm. uh, but just can I just pop, just pop back to that comment you put up uh, last time about us being prime Barcelona and now one 0 to the Arsenal. Um, yes. I, I think yeah, I think that goes back to to, to the conversation that Ian Everett had. Um, a few weeks ago that he banged out onto social media about, you know, this ticky-tack of football. You, you, you cannot be a one-dimensional football team. You cannot just have, be a one-trick pony. Um, and Paul Warner's shown that Rodney United are anything but a one-trick pony. You know, we are capable of playing nice, clean, crisp passing football and, and playing teams off the park. But we've also got far more to our game than that. And, and at this stage of the season, for me, I don't think it's about a drop-off in form. I think it's what it's about now is digging out those wins. It's vitally, vitally important that we get as many points on the board, obviously. I mean, that goes without saying. Um, but, you know, it's just dig them out at all costs now. Um, it, mm. You know, it's about... It, the stage of the season is different, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's it's just about having something else in your armoury. Um, mm. McDonald's, for example, seem to be a, a team that are a one-trick pony, you know. And it's done them, it's served them well so far because they're third in the league. However, you know, we, we all know what's going to happen with them when they come to our place. They're going to try and play it out from the back, and they're going to get found out. Um, Again. So you've got to have more in your army, is all I'm saying. I don't think it is necessarily a drop-off in form. I think it's just mm. changing the way we play to suit the stage of the season and what we what we need from it. If you, if there is a parallel to draw from this in one of the famous Premier League wins, Leicester City, when they won the title. I'm not comparing us to that Leicester City team. But they were the funnest team to watch in the world for the first, well, for three quarters of that season. They were amazing. They were so fun. But when it got down to business, they started grinding those one nil wins out. Those you know coming down from one one to make it two two late on, and that's that's what champions do. They have that ability to when when it gets serious, they start grinding results. So you look at Wigan on Saturday; it's getting serious now. They got spanked to Sunderland, so it, 
it's it's important to win a few different ways and important to win when you we weren't rubbish, but important important to win when we weren't as best and maybe when the other team was slightly better than us. Um Danny, when I said we could have built up by Saturday, you winced a little bit. You're not in that camp yet. <laughs> um I, I don't quite know what to think to be honest. I mean the only thing that I'm really thinking about now is how, how can I how can I get me sending a bit more awake and I'm quite fancying a kebab to be honest. Um <laughs> but you know to say we're up again if we beat MK Dons yes technically you can say that. I mean um the one thing that's really, really helping us out is our goal difference as well. We're nine yeah, points cool. in front, but it's sort of ten. I mean, it has, it has to be counted at least a point if you've got a goal difference of 42, you know. Crazy, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's not confirmed until it's confirmed. Like, I've heard people say, oh, we need to win another four or maybe another five to be sure of promotion. Um Mm. And but yeah, because it's not it's not always down to you beat the teams that are around you. It sometimes comes down, like you say, grinding out the results. Um, and yeah, Bolton might play really attractive football, and they might be fun to watch. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're not in the promotion places. Last time I checked, I think the tenth. Weird, isn't it? And they've on Saturday, could they? No, exactly. And I mean, like you say, we just, they lost to McDonald's. They were again another. Well, it's kind of one-dimensional team. Um, but the teams that do the best are the teams that don't always play to their own strengths. They play to the other team's weaknesses. Mm. Um, like what Leicester did. Leicester played really attractive football at the start of that season, as have we. Uh, you know, we were scoring goals for fun at the start uh, at about September, October time. But now, when it's time to get down to the serious business, we grind out the wins. You know, we've won seven of, is it seven of the last eight or eight of the last nine? Eight of the last nine, no. Eight, eight of the last oh, nine. Sorry. No, you're right. Sorry, seven last eight. Apologies. Seven, seven, seven of the last eight, and they haven't been by big score lines. We're not scoring goals for fun. It's been one or two nil, um, and it just goes to show. And this team needs to knuckle down and effectively go into the trenches. We can grind out results. We've learnt from the mistakes of Accrington and Fleetwood, where you, you know we, we did make mistakes and we conceded, and now we've gone right. This is what we don't do. We need to dig our heels in and grind it out and that's what we're doing but going back to uh, we're up if we beat MK Dons yes yeah I can see I can see that point but when um, our fans are seeing you've seen your champions now go home it's a bit don't jinx it yet it's too early we're in February still stop it (laughs) um yeah so we talked a few weeks ago about getting the night effect Paul Warns even mentioned the night points as well we're five wins away, 15 points, we'll get you to 90 points. And again, all the stats tell you, all his- history tells you, if you get 90 points, there's an incredibly high chance that you are going to get promoted. We've talked in the past, only two teams in the history of EFL that have got 90 points and not gone up, and that's in all three divisions. So 90 points will get you there. Um, so that is five five wins away, in theory. Probably won't need that, but anyway. Yeah. Um, let us move on to something completely unrelated, but still rather United related. There was a tweet that came out today from a, from a Sheffield Wednesday reporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Cran was the journalist, I guess, I think it was the star, I think, I'm not sure. Um, he said that on current form, there is not a better midfield three of Bannon, Luongo and Byers. Um, sometimes I think I don't really understand football. You know, when you see somebody think and think, that's not what I sort of remember and what I've seen. Mick, I, I'm, we've got to caveat this, Mick, by saying that we don't watch Sheffield Wednesday week in, week out. Um, much like he doesn't watch Rotherham week in, week out. But that seems a bit of a crazy claim. Uh, yeah, you could say that. Um, and you'd be right. Um, you. Danny, I know you're, I know you're practicing and trying uh, and, and sort of at uni, looking at being a sports journalist, um, what I would, what, a bit of advice, if I, for me, from me as a as a member of the public, if you're going to look at how not to do it, have a look at our Sheffield Wednesday reporters report on Sheffield <laughs> Wednesday. I mean, you look at you look at the the report on in the Star um, for for the Sheffield Wednesday game against us, um, and that was just the most incredible piece of journalism I think I've ever seen. 
and I have seen some garbage written in newspapers, but that was just way head and shoulders above anything I've ever read. Um, I know I accept that this is a different journalist that's, uh, that's, that's fished this, put this one out there. It looks to me, in all seriousness, that he's just fishing for clicks, you know, mm. um, because it, it so clearly can't possibly be the case. Just even looking at the league table, if you've never seen us, Wigan, McDonald's, Oxford, Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland this season, even if you've never seen any of those teams play, you, all you need to do is look at the league table to see that that can't possibly be true. You know, it, 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 it's just nonsense. Uh, look, individually, I'm sure they're very good players. We all know Barry Bannon is an excellent footballer. There's no question about that. However, however, uh, well, that's as maybe, that's as maybe, uh, but he ain't top of the league. And he ain't even close. You know what I mean? It's not as though they're even challenging. They're just about challenging for the playoff spot. So it's just nonsense. It's just clickbait, isn't it? You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and and, and hardly, hardly really worthy of much chat, to be honest. It's just nonsense. I know. It's just good to cloak sometimes, though, isn't it? You know, when you get this opportunity to cloak, you just got to take oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Take the win, 100%. Uh, Danny? Absolutely. Um, I am going to make my comment, but I just need to write one more thing down. Just bear with me a second. Donald and Mick Rant. That's the only reason she's here. <laughs> right, I'm ready now. Um, so, yeah, so. We, we... There weren't much of a rant. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just having a look on, uh, on FootMob to get their midfielder breakdown. It, 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 of course, it covers every player, but this is what I've found. So, Barry Bannon is uh, Chef Wednesday's top-rated midfielder with seven point with a rating of 7.66, which, bear in mind, the top rating on the list is 7.4, uh, 7.74. It's quite good. Yeah, out of 10, isn't it? Yeah, out of 10. Yeah. So, 7.68, not bad. Yeah. Barry Bannon is a very good midfielder. However... The joint top-rated player on FootMob is one Daniel Barlasser, 7.74. What a surprise. Chef Wednesday's midfielders don't break into the number seven position again. <laughs> However, Rathbone, 7.29. Wiles, 7.21. So technically, our midfield three... He's better than Sheffield Wednesdays. Thank you very much. I'll take my call to another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't even say it's in form. We've won some out of the last eight games with that midfield three playing. It's just it's just nonsense, I'm afraid. Um but you know, football's all about opinions as the as the old saying goes. Yeah, I'm afraid that's a, a poorly thought out one. Um anyway, listen, anyway. when you when you're a Wednesday fan, you've got to you've got to click on to something, haven't you? You know. We've got very little else to cling on to, so you know, leave it to them. Let them, let them, let them feel that they've got the best midfield in the division. Um, they might have best midfield in the League One next season and all where they're going. So happy days, eh? Yeah. Did you see, on another on a, on a little point? Did you see their pitch on Saturday? See pictures of their pitch. I can't believe how bad it is. I genuinely can't believe how bad it is. Um, it's incredible. Chef Allen's doing it. Got the money, uh, yeah. Uh, thinks Bannon is probably the best player in the league. Can't argue about that. Massimo Longo is a very good player and another championship player. They're only there because of the money. That's also a very valid point. I had you, Kelly. You had to look that up, Danny. We all knew Barlas the top midfielder without even looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yes, I, I knew that anyway, but I just had to reaffirm my point because someone has said, Oh, shall we the stats that prove that? Rim, rim, rim. Well, I just have there you go. Yeah, exactly. If I had a mic to drop, I would. <laughs> exactly. Um, so let's move forward. Let's go ahead to Tuesday night. Uh, it's the FA Cup fifth round. For anyone that's interested, none of us are because it's League One. Um, Tuesday night, we go away to Shrewsbury. This is the first time we're playing Shrewsbury this season. We're in March, and that'll be the first time we play them this season, which is incredible. Um, just in terms of our promotion rivals, Wigan are at home to Fleetwood. We picked up at Ports for the weekend. MK Dons aren't playing as we said. This is our game in hand to MK Dons. It's a big, a big, big, big opportunity to make it 12 points clear of MK Dons, which is a massive, massive gap. 
Um, Shrewsbury don't come in in amazing form, but they did win at the weekend. That was their first win in the last nine games. So they are sort of bang average. Well, bang average is probably a bit kind at the minute. Um, and I'll give you a ref watch before we go any further. Carl Brook is the referee for Tuesday. He's never refed us before. He is another up-and-coming referee. It's only his second season in the EFL so far this season. Those are the types of referees we like. So let's hope for similar solid performances. Um, we have a comment up here saying uh, we can rest some players. I've lost the comment. Danny, what changes would you be making on Tuesday? Paul Warren's hinted there could be a change or two to come in. Will you come back in? Other than that, what do you think? What do you reckon? Um, uh, maybe shuffle midfield a little bit like we alluded to earlier. Um, then bringing Woody back in in the middle. Um maybe keeping Hardy on the right hand side, but I'd like to see Angus start in all honesty. I think um he's he's probably due a start, but it just depends on uh how he's doing, really. We've one he has said that he could start a game, which I'd like to see. Um I'd potentially like to see Georgie Kelly make an appearance as well. But as we've seen with um with only two two, we're not gonna play him until Warney is sure he's ready. Um we could see him in the match day 18 uh, and maybe come on later in the game if you want to save Smith or or Freddie a little bit for the McDonald's game. But yeah, that's what I'd like to see. But main shuffle, I'd say, in midfield, maybe take Barlasser out for a little bit and bring Lindsay in or maybe even bring Wilesy out for Lindsay and uh, mm. and try it that way on and try and uh, play through the middle, get it into the final third and then push it wide rather than Distributing from the middle of the park, pushing it wide and sending Chio and, and Ozzy on the backs down the wing. Mm. Just, you sh- you sh- shuffle the pack just a little bit and uh, and get and give uh, the Meraki a shake just to, <laughs> just to freshen it up a little bit. Yeah, it's a tough one though, Mick, because I think I agree with Danny and I agree with a lot of people in comments saying that it's time for a change up a little bit. But it's a fine balancing act because if you change five players, for example then you can upset everything. You can upset the players that are coming out. You can upset the form of people. Players coming might not play very well. It, it's a fine balance act that Warren's got to find a balance of. Yeah, it is, absolutely. And you've seen, we've seen what happens when we when we make kind of wholesale changes in, in the in Pizza Trophy. Um, you know, the performances have not been great. They've been all right and they've been sufficient to get us through, but they've not been to the level that uh, that they have been in the league. So I can't see him making wholesale changes. I, I do wonder whether, uh, I know Freddie got a knock at the back end of the game on uh, on Saturday. I just wonder whether he may well rest Freddie um, on Tuesday. And I just wonder, I, I don't know, are we going to see Georgie Kelly instead of instead of Freddie? Uh, I, I don't know. I might have that in my fan hub. Um, because I, I I don't know, we'll see, but it, it is a possibility. But I don't think he'll make masses masses of changes. It'd be nice to see possibly um, Angus start and, and give Icky a rest. Um, I think his form's dropped off a little bit the last couple of games, um, so I think that might well that's an option. It's a possibility. Just give him a rest. He's played virtually every game, any Icky. Um, so you know, but other than that keep it as as similar as you can really I don't, I don't see the point in making masses of changes mm. yeah it's interesting to see a change you would assume you assume Woody come in for Matic I, don't, I think Woody's Matic and Woody are very similar in terms of that's how often Woody uh, one likes to play him I don't think Matic can might be wrong and I'm sure Matic would want to I'm sure not sure playing Saturday Tuesday is the best thing for Joe Matic at this point and Woody's, Woody's come out so it'd be interesting to see if Angus does play I don't think we see Angus just because we'll play Icky and Harden unless he wants to rest hard. We don't know how many minutes Icky and Harden have played, don't we, this season? A lot. So that would be the only change I can see, really. Um, if we're going to rest Freddie or if Freddie has taken a knock, for me, it's going to be JJ. You've got to bring JJ back. And I feel really sorry for JJ because he scored against Wimbledon and he's not played since. Um, and that's not his fault. It's because Freddie's coming in and been amazing, Danny. But I... I I would be frustrated in a good way because I, I want to play. But if, if I'm JJ, I'm desperate to get minutes. And if Kelly comes in in front of me, I would not be very happy. Yeah, very true. But <clears throat> for um, for JJ as well, he um, he definitely understands uh, the job that's on. 
you know, he, he understands that he gets his chance when, when effectively his name's written on the board, doesn't he? Um, but I, if I were if I were JJ, I'd be eyeing up a really strong performance against Hartlepool now, yeah. Uh, because he knows when it comes to the crunch games, we will play with the stronger two attackers. And for me, in his position, I'd be going right. I need to play a blinder against Hartlepool and keep pushing us on. Um, and yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a smart lad. He, he understands the situation and he knows that when the when the shirt fold, uh, falls his way, he knows he's going to effectively give it both barrels into like he did against Wimbledon. Um, I've just made a little note of a potential starting 11 for Tuesday, so I just wanted to hear your thoughts and uh, the comments thoughts on it. So, yes. Vickers, Vickers in goal, obviously. Um, Harding, Wood and McDonald as your back three. Uh, Ogbeni and Tutu as your wing-backs. Um, and switch from a city midfielder to an attacking midfielder. So you've got Lindsay Wiles and then Rathburn ever so slightly in front so he can run that, that centre channel behind the strikers and then potentially Smith and Kelly up front for me. So you get it to Rathburn, he then puts it out wide, bring it into the big men in front, bang, 1-0, easy. <laughs> I like style. I, th- I think it might be right. I think Angus, Icky's played a lot of minutes and the last two games. And again, I don't think he was bad on Saturday. But I don't think it was at his normal levels. Um, mm. So it may well be just his time out of, the, out of the team. And we'd all love to see Angus play. We'd all love to see Angus get a start. Uh, Mick, thoughts on that? Uh, that's my final team, mate. 100%. That's, <laughs> that's where I'm going. Uh, You're not putting I a think, Dolphin I in? I think Danny's got that absolutely right. Say again? You're not putting a Dolphin in? No. No, I think that's, I think that's probably, possibly one too many changes there. Um, I may not mess about with the midfield as much as Danny did there. I might keep um, I might keep um, uh, Barlasser in there, but I don't know. I think I, I think he's got that just about right, Danny. Yeah, I I would personally bring a Dolphin in for Barlasser just to give Barlasser a bit of rest and and to mix it up opposition opposition. I'm not be expecting Barlasser not to play. So whatever you do, if you don't play Barlasser, it's going to throw a spanner in their works. Um, I also definitely agree with Tutu. Sorry, Tutu getting a start as well. Again, Fergie was a bit like Icky, not not terrible, not a, not a bad performance, but not quite at his levels. So I wonder if he needs a bit of time out. I think whilst Miller's still uh, on the recovery, I mean he's he's out of the um, the medical room now, but whilst he's still working his way back in, I'd I'd stick with playing Tutu as your uh, your fast winger on the left hand side because he can still do the job there, can't he? Mm. Um, but in terms of um, Running the channels, I think Ferguson is struggling just a little bit in the same regard that with with Icky, he's played a lot of minutes mm. and he just needs a little bit of a um, rest. But whilst Miller's out, we've not really had that outlet. But now we've got 2-2, two, two, potentially, you know. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Jerry agrees with you. I think Angus should start being really bright when he's been playing. I think Dan has, it, has been bang on with that mix-up. Mix it up a few could turn to positive. Donna is also with you, Danny. Danny, bang on. But I think she'd swap Smithy. For Freddie uh, in your in your lineup, because uh, Smithy does need a rest. Yeah, probably Smithy does need a rest, mm. but Smithy will get a rest next week. There'll be no he will if he'll be on bench because Hartlepool you'd have thought at best. So there is a rest coming up for him. Is what I was is maybe what I'd think. Um, Donna has also an, a, a challenge for us as well. Donna is going to she's leaving us at nine because blinds is on. Um, she's going to open up the score prediction sign for us all to win. Ben's not here, obviously. Um, so she needs our score prediction and the first goal and what and the, I, I, I'm, I'm not well I can't read <laughs> and what minute the first goal will be in um, I, was, I would like to point out that me and Mick got the score prediction right for Saturday but Mick said Freddie would score so I'd win that one um, <laughs> uh, so Danny do you want to start us off what do you think Tuesday's result will be um, I think it'll be another grounded out of a win. To be fair, I don't. I don't think we're going to batter Shrewsbury at all. Um, if we do make some, some numerous changes, I think anywhere more than five, I think we'll probably disrupt it because it's it's not a EFL trophy fixture. We don't want to make more than six changes at all because then your disruption kicks in. Um, so I'm going to say one nil probably would to score. Uh, would to score 73 minutes. Okay, it's about time we start scoring some late goals, to be fair, wasn't it? 
It's been mm. a while. Um, I will go, I'm going to be confident. I'm going to say 3 0 with the first goal on the 12th minute. I'm not going to score as 3 0. Guys, if Georgie Kellis goes in the 12th minute, that'd be exceptional. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go 2-0. I think it's going to be 2-0 to Millers. I think um, we will score in the first half. Um, who do I think is going to score? Uh, ooh, I don't know. No idea. Smithy. Smithy on 23. 2-0 Millers. 23. Do I need to pick a score? Because I need to pick a first goal score. Is that what I need, that what I need to do as well? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'll go Smithy to get the record, to get the ticket on to take it past Alfie. Um, yeah, everybody thinks it's gonna be 1 1. <laughs> Josh Fletcher, Wood Hattrick 3 0. <laughs> Brilliant. Steve Cooper 1 0. Steve Gundy 2 1. Donna thinks it's gonna be 1 0. And Carl Briggs thinks it's gonna be 2 0 as well. Yeah, Arrow, we, we talked about this. This was why I thought we'd win 1 0 on Saturday. Why I used to 2 0, Danny, why I mixed it 1 0. Our waveform is just ridiculous. Um, and it's, it's the important time of the season, things have started stepping up. In terms of performance, um, yeah, tip top scondron with us, tip top two and one to the Millers, Smith on 19 minutes, Paul Brock says one nil, Scott Grundy says two. Um, on slightly other topics, Cheryl Stone is asking the question when will it be confirmed that we are not or are playing Sunderland, uh, because it's the international weekend? That is well, that, that game is scheduled for everybody's interest, scheduled for the 26th of March. So it's normally around two weeks before the international th- uh, lineups get announced. Um, if if you want, if you want my money, that game will not go ahead on the day it's scheduled. But you know, with how little time there is like there's left after, the the EFL might you know be more encouraging to people to play the games. Don't know. Let's wait and see on that one. Um, it's also the end of the month, which is also worth pointing out that we could win. We could have another player and manager of the month award come into the club. Um, as we mentioned, we've got an incredible record this month. I can't see anybody in the league having a better team record, so Paul Warren should win manager of the month. Um, if you had to pick a nomination, Danny, let's, let's play this game. If you had to pick a nomination for, Rotherham, for a Rotherham player to go into the four nominees for player of the month, which one this month would get in? Uh, <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, I can tell you now, I hope Warren doesn't win it because knowing our look, we'd get the curse of the Manager yeah. of the Month award, so I hope Liam Richardson True. wins it. To be honest, um, <laughs> but into, oh, players to get nominated. What the hell? Um, I mean, we've had Smith win it, and we've had Barlas yeah. win it, so they're not going to win it again due to no more Jordans. No, due to the EFL also trying to be impartial. Um, <laughs> maybe Rathburn, maybe Chuck him what in game ago. This is a, this is a great shout by two people in the comments. Josh Fletcher, Josh Fletcher says Vickers. Andy Hunt says Vickers. Hey, that's like, a shout, you know. Yeah, that is a great shout because not only the pick, but he had the penalty save against Accrington, which was this month. Mm-hmm. Um, this month, I mean, in February, he's conceded once. What? Once, yeah, yeah. Vickers <laughs> wins it hands down, then. Yeah, unless someone um, scored fourteen goals this month, Vickers wins it easy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Josh Vickers. I, I bet you he won't be nominated, Mick, but Vickers should be up for that nomination because he has been superb. He, he is a huge reason. That we, uh, why we picked up so many points? Yeah, absolutely, uh, and, and he'd be fully deserving of it as well. Um, I'd, I'd throw in Freddie. Um, yeah. You know the way that these these things go. They like, you know, if you score a goal, you're man at match, aren't you? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freddie scored some crucial goals this month and some cracking goals as well, uh, mm-hmm. particularly that one the other night. So. Um, but, but Josh Vickers, for me, you're absolutely right. He's been our player of the month. Um, ridiculous, really, isn't it? You know, we're top of league, nine points clear and everything else, and we're saying goalie's been manager, been player of the month. But, um, you know, he's, he's he's an absolute vital cog in this wheel at the moment. Uh, he's been mm. brilliant, absolutely outstanding. Third choice last year in championship. I know, crazy, man. And well, I know that sometimes we get people from Sky Sports listening. You know, if you know, we're doing their prep for games and whatnot. So if anybody's listening from Sky Sports or the EFL, hello. Josh Vickers deserves at least to be nominated. At least to be nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure he won't be. Um, I think we're done. Um, we've kept it within the hour. Um, is there any other topics, comments, queries um, that we want to cover? We can go over the hour if you want to. There's no no limit. 
Um, anything from you, Mick? No, nah, nothing from me. I, I missed the game yesterday, unfortunately. I had to listen to our radio, which um, which was a bit poor. Yeah, bit but crap, that but, means you got um, to listen to um, a certain summary on the radio as well before kickoff, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, come on, let's uh, let's not um, <laughs> let's not push you then, Matt. Come on, you know what I mean. <laughs> You're saying I've got fans in there. I, I appreciate there's some great peace from Matt on Radio D. There you go. I mean, come on, Mick. Come on. Listen, I, I accept that it was it was a it was a really really good um, good little section from you there. Um, but uh, I, I don't mess about with Radio D. anymore now. I'm obviously on National Radio on Five Live. Um, <laughs> that, that I'm on their phone, their, their list for the Rotherham United. Um, Rather than that call. So, uh, anyway, you enjoy your local radio, your Tim Pot local radio, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says acting like he's doing a phone in on Radio Diva. When he's passing me some praise, I'll grumble from him. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Mick, and it's a grumble, obviously. So, <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, what I will say is that everyone who wants to go and watch Peaky Blinders Series 6, it's starting. Uh, so your best scarper. We're going to see our views plummet now. Um, <laughs> but but one thing I will say is that you've got the you've got these two on here going on your local and your national radio, and then there's me that's done BBC Young Voices, and I haven't heard anything yet. So <laughs> so I've either come forward at first heard or the like. Actually, it's quite good, but it's probably first option. Um. But yeah, the last bit from me isn't Rotherham United related, so that's why I'm saying it when everyone's gone to watch BBC One or Two or whatever Peaky Blinders is on. Um, and it's FIFA have reached a decision on what's happening with Russia. Um, Honestly, mate. And they've said that for the World Cup playoffs, Russia's going to compete as RFU. Uh, there's going to be no Russian fans allowed, no Russian flag, no Russian national anthem. And they have to play at neutral venues in Europe, so they can't play in Moscow. But they've not gone as far to ban them yet, which is like, I think that might be down to the FIFA president winning the Peace Award for the 2018 World Cup. And if you've watched the documentary from Al Jazeera, they're all corrupt. Um, they're all canoodling with each other. But at least they've taken a strong stance, but not the strongest stance on it. Um and yeah, last thing from me, for anybody who wants to know this, my dad was in Peaky Blinders back in the early seasons. Was he really? Yeah. Um, he was, in the first season where they're all running up, up that uh, up the terrace street, he was one of the coppers running down there. Um, and then at the end of series two, he was the waiter that Killian Murphy takes her two glasses off and hands to Ada. So if you want to go back and re-watch it at some point, that fellow with the, uh, who's the waiter, that's my dad. There you go. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, you bring up the Ukraine thing. I think it's important to mention our football and sport have come together to support Ukraine. And we know it's a terrible situation, and we are. What we can do is thoughts and prayers. We can't. We can't do anything else. But obviously, we support Ukraine um, mm -hmm. and I support everything that every all these clubs and everything have done. Everything else, I suppose, to put pressure on that person. Yeah. Have you seen me sign? I saw you sign, Danny. If anybody's not seen the vlog, go watch. Go see Go watch my sign. Or you can see um, it if anyone's watching. Uh, <laughs> the kids watching the story. I watched the vlog earlier, Danny, and I watched the wee girl, wee little girls on set. I was watching it and I said, do not read that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a swear, I really don't know. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's also what I want to mention that I think the Ukrainian people have been amazing. It's worth... These bring out stories and the resilience of these these guys over there, those defending their country, has just been beautiful to see. Honestly, I think it's amazing. Um, and I can't add much else. Slavia, Ukraine, as they say. Uh, Michael, thank you for joining us tonight from a car park, from a co-op car park in Wales. We'll give them a plug if the sponsor is coming, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see if we can get a sponsor from I've even got my Manscaped t-shirt on tonight as well. That's no good, is and it? Now I'm, not, now I'm not on camera. <laughs> <laughs> Um, brilliant. If, if you haven't already, go watch Danny's vlog because, again, it's brilliant. Uh, these away days are amazing. Uh, it's great, great atmosphere. And I really enjoyed your half as three in the morning intro, Danny. I really enjoyed it. Oh, that. mate. I, I was groggy as well. I still can't believe I missed the tea bag from the cup. I was so annoyed with myself. <laughs> um, but the one bit I, I actually regret not filming was the bus on the way back because that bus, we sort of hit, we sort of hit Birmingham and then 
everyone sort of woke up afterwards <laughs> and the bus was absolutely bouncing. It was fantastic. And I'm telling you, it wasn't the suspension, it was the atmosphere. Um because one of uh, one of my mates, Craig, he just kept going down the bus going, We've got a Benny. And every time it just kept ticking over and ticking over. It was fantastic. Um so thank you to everybody who travelled with Kimmy Park on that day. Uh, I've seen a few messages that they really enjoyed it. So thank you very much for coming. Hope to see you for Shrewsbury. Absolutely. Uh, if you haven't already like to watch it, please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already, because um, we appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, anywhere else. If you're an audio listener, please subscribe to iTunes and Spotify. And if you go as a five-star rating, we would very much appreciate that as well. As we say, we'll be back on Thursday evening live on YouTube, Friday morning for the podcast to review Shrewsbury and look ahead to the next big game of the season against MK Dons. Danny's vlog will be out Wednesday, th- Wednesday Thursday morning time, so keep an eye out for that as well. This will all be on our socials as and when it's all out. Um, mm-hmm. As we always mentioned, thank you all. We do appreciate you all joining us live and all you who join us through the, through the audio as well. Uh, we do very much appreciate it. And yeah, Mick, Danny, it's been a, a real pleasure and we'll see you all next time. Cheers. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.